and welcome to Newsnight. I am Ladi Akiri Duluale. Thanks for being with us today. The political campaign season ahead of the 2023 general election is now upon us. And my guest on the program says there is no difference between the two main political parties, the ruling All Progressives Congress, APC, and the People's Democratic Party in terms of performance or even internal party democracy. My guest says one of the most important issues to attend to now is turning the relative pace that has built up around the herders farmers crisis into an economic success. Newsnight talks to former governor of Bochi State, Malam Isa Yuguda. Your Excellency, thank you for your time. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Once more. Let us, uh, let us begin from uh, the most existential issue that is affecting the country at the moment. Uh, first of all, I would like to get what your general take is on the nation's security uh, situation or challenge, depending on how you, you want to take a look at it. I know that uh, earlier on in the year, you had uh, told us on channels that you believe that the president was doing his best. Uh, but since then, several other things have happened. So I wanted to find out, have you changed your opinion? And uh, what is your general uh, opinion today about the state of our security? Mr. President has been doing his best. And of course, uh, uh, everybody in his position too, sitting on his seat uh, as a president, uh, will not be sleeping. And uh, definitely what was, he's been doing his best to uh, surmount some of the problems that are uh, confronting the, the country as it relates to security. And uh, I want to strongly believe that um, you know he has a team. He has a security team. And uh, the team is composed of very, very resourceful people. And uh, he believes in them. And uh, of course, uh, if he believes in them, then. Uh, uh, we should also believe that uh, uh, they, are, they are competent and they are able to you know, address the challenges as they come. So uh, avoidance of uh, incidences as you uh, manage situations uh, can be difficult. If an incident uh, uh, is to occur, somebody would have been careless. And um, if the incident happen, happens, I would want to believe that uh, the person who is responsible for the carelessness uh, will get the boot. So I would want to believe that uh, maybe it would have been queried and uh, the responsible people taking care of the, the various uh, security activities. I believe they normally receive their queries from Mr. President for such failures. So uh, and, uh, of course you cannot expect him to be firing uh, you know, his uh, security chiefs on per second, per second basis. So let's just uh, take it as, uh, yes, it has happened, and somebody was, uh, somebody's ass is being kicked. So uh, uh, it is something like that, no more. So I still, still believe he's still doing his best. Any other person probably seeking there uh, would have done the same thing. Somebody else could have done a different thing altogether. But uh, this is the way he has been doing it, and uh, I believe that is the best he can do. At that time, before we get to your own specific initiative at this point, at that time, you also said that 
people should not look at the governors, uh, sorry, at the president, but also at the chief executive officers at the state level, that they also are largely responsible for some of this. But since then, quite a number of people have said, uh, you didn't seem to bear in mind that even though they are chief security officers of the states, they don't have operational control over the forces within their state. So how can they be held responsible? From my own experience, like I said, the primary responsibility, when you go to take uh, the off of office, uh, with the Bible or the Quran in your hand, you say to the Almighty God, that's the only covenant between you and God, and that is government, even giving the provision of the Constitution. The primary responsibility of government is about the protection of life and property. So, uh, uh, and you have also to know that the state governors, they are the owners of the land. The state governors have uh, com brigade commanders under them. They have police commissioners under them. They have uh, civil defense. They have SS directors under them. And of course, uh, every morning a governor gets security report from all the nooks and crannies of his state. And I would expect too that a governor, even if he doesn't, he has not learned geography in his secondary school, at least uh, he should be able to be, uh, to, to be briefed on the terrain, the contours of his state, where there are areas where criminals or hoodlums can hide, caves and so on and so forth, all should come to the desk of the governor. So he knows where uh, criminals can hide. If there's a forest, he knows where they can hide. So I want to say that it's his business to study the environment to make sure that there is nowhere, there's no hidden place where somebody will go and hide and claim that he's fighting Nigerians from that location. So it's his own duty. If he has not done it, it's a different thing altogether. And secondly, most importantly, he should be up and doing. He doesn't expect the president to come and do his job for him. So if he's beyond his own control, it is only then that he can call Mr. President. I know on two or three instances when I was governor, I had to call the attention of the president and say, Mr. President, we are going out for an operation and we must be, as the commander in chief, you have to give us the approval to use more soldiers. We need the defense headquarters to come and give us uh, support and aid. And we have done that. You can ask the defense headquarters, you can ask the, uh, the SSS, they know we have done it. And we successfully operated and uprooted the criminals from those uh, locations that we uprooted them. And uh, of course, uh, uh, it didn't involve the president uh, saying anything other than uh, doing anything other than I have approved your request. Why can't the other governors do it? I know there are some that uh, the, the insecurity did not start in their state. Probably it was just overnight, uh, you know, hoodlums just migrated into their environment. But for those that start, had the problem starting in their place, I'm, I'm sorry, it is their own responsibility. Uh, president will not approve a CFO for, 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 for you to build a house in any of the states of the Federation. It is the governors that do. And if uh, the governor approves the CSO of a state uh, of, of your house, 
You don't expect uh, that uh, Buhari should come and uh, build a fence for a house to, or to, to provide security men to, to secure you in Bochi or in Lagos or in uh, Calabar. Because let us face realities. And uh, if, if a government will dedicate the entire resources and budget, if the governor feels very strongly that, because the value of one life, you cannot give me the value of one life. But you can give the value of bridges that governors are building, roads they are building, uh, buildings they are building. So if you can dedicate your budget to ensure that everybody sleeps in his house and you don't have any other amount of money to build roads and bridges and what have you, then you go to the president and tell him, Mr. President, I have secured my state. Everybody sleeps with his eyes closed in my state. Business is going on. I have created an endeavoring and darren for, 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 for businessmen to come and operate. So uh, I don't have money. Will you please support me with uh, 20, 30 billion so that I can build roads? The president will do that, for goodness sake. So the bottom line is that let us understand our job. You don't expect to go and spend your money in something else and to turn to Buhari. When you have security challenges, you say it is his own fault. I don't buy that because I have the practical experience. Now let's come to uh, one of the manifestations of these security challenges that was very prominent, but uh, in more recent time, it seems to have taken some kind of a back seat. And I'm talking about the herders, farmers clashes. Uh, there was a time that uh, it was in all the headlines everywhere in the country, uh, there was this uh, continuous struggle, if you like, between herders uh, who were moving with their uh, cattle and then your farmers uh, whose lands were being overrun. Uh, if indeed the number of incidents involved have reduced, as it appears it is, to what do you put that? Well, uh, you mean the incidents of uh, the farmers' uh, yes. hardest conflict? Yes. Uh, for those who are students of history, they know the population of Nigeria in the 60s, which was around 60 million, the first census. The entire Nigerians were 60 million. And by, by, by now, our population is over 200 million. And for those Nigerians too who are students of history know that when before the colonial masters left, they had cattle routes from Maiduguri to Oturko in Benue State. And the cattle route for taking cattle to Portacourt for sale, because there was no pastures in the south because of tetsi fly, so uh, cattle cannot be reared in the south. But for those that are taken down to Lagos and Portacourt, they normally uh, go by road. I mean, they, they, they walk on foot until they reach Portacourt. So the cattle route was 50 meters set back to the right of the highway and 50 meters set back to the uh, 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 left of the highway. You dare not construct anything there. You dare not build. You dare not farm. And all those cattle routes, like the one we have also from Sokoto to Iloren, the cattle route is uh, as from Iloren to Lagos, is the main road, 50 meters set back on both sides. You dare not do anything. But because of lawlessness of our people, you can see where we are today. The entire pass from Maiduguri to Oturko, uh, you, you have the cattle routes. 
And along the cattle routes, there are grazing reserves, what they call rural grazing areas. And along those routes too, the white man opened veterinary clinics and put drugs and all sorts of facilities. And he further built the National Veterinary Research in Vaughan to take care of the, 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 the cattle. And which is why, because of that, at least Nigeria never imported one single kilogram of beef. So all this while, since uh, the creation of Nigeria up to now, I don't think there is any government that came in and said we are going to import beef. Everybody has been feeding from this uh, cattle. Now, with the increase in the population, you can imagine that there are many people in the rural areas who are not educated. They are not even aware of cattle roots. And government is not living up to its responsibility of educating local government in states and states that look, these are roots that are supposed to be permanent here and they are not supposed to be occupied by anybody. So at the end of the day, uh, human habitation, you know, uh, covered all the cattle roots. Uh, cattle roots are there gazetted by law of the then, uh, you know, uh, northern Nigeria, and of course the federal government, since there are cattle routes from Ilorin uh, uh, to Lagos and from Otuko to uh, Parakot. So, uh, like I said, uh, with population growth, you'd expect that uh, there are a number of, uh, you know, uh, 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 of the cattle routes, on certain parts of the cattle routes, probably farm, farmers can come and start farming. And out of ignorance, and by failure of government to make these farmers know that these are roots, they will not tell them. So what is the result? By the time, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the cattle herders are on their transhumans because they spend their dry season up north and their, uh, their raining season in the middle bed before going to the south. Because uh, the Fulan is going to the south was just a recent phenomenon when we finished conquering the uh, Tetsi fly. So, and uh, we are very much aware that I, for one, know that the entire Abuja land was a cattle uh, grazing area uh, during the rainy season. The uh, herders come from Sokoto, from Maiduguri, from Gombe, from Bauchi, even from Adama, where there are good pastures. They come here because there is water throughout the year and there are pastures throughout the year. But by the time this, uh, this federal capital took over everything, most of them migrated southwards because the desertification and uh, of the environmental uh, challenges. We had people coming in, flocking in from the northern part of the country because the desert has been approaching Nigeria almost at the rate of three kilometers every year. No reforestation program, nothing to take care of uh, the, the, the rampaging uh, desert encroachment. And it has been continuous and is still there today. That is why you have a lot of you know, people flocking, apart from even the herders. Population is, you know, getting pressure to the middle belt. And for the south too, you can see that uh, no run has been reclaimed from the sea. So while our Nigerians are moving upwards to the north, uh, Nigerians are, are also, from the north, are also moving southwards. That's why you see now the middle belt is congested, is overpopulated. And this is, that, that's, the, that's how it happened. And all these cattle routes are no longer there. Government has not made any conscious efforts of turning those grazing reserves into ranches. They have not made any effort to build dams and irrigation facilities. 
for all these animals to be, to be, to, to, they are here, they, are, they, are, they have life, they eat, and they defecate, and they need medication. No conscious efforts have been made to, uh, you know, to, to, to do that. Not only that, you can see that we have a uh, Ministry of Agriculture, but you never had anything like animal husbandry. If in many, uh, you know, uh, countries, you have, uh, you know, ministries or agencies taking care of, uh, you know, uh, 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 pastoralist uh, problems, and then those who rear cattle. But in Nigeria, it is a different thing. And you would imagine the technology. Now we are using digital technology. 20 years ago, there is nothing like this facility that me and you are talking on. But you can imagine the veterinary research involved that was created or was set up by the white people in the 40s or the 30s. They still use the same equipment in producing a vaccine. The same equipment, no change, not, not nothing. And I stand to be corrected. So is there an improvement? Or neither had there been any conscious effort on the part of uh, you know, government to encourage, to encourage crossbreeding of this uh, local uh, variety of cattle with cattle that are you know, bigger, who give bigger, uh, much more milk and uh, much more meat. Many people have been trying it as very successful. But let us just consider this as a uh, failure on the part of the Nigerian government since independence. But uh, the reduction now of this conflict is as a result of the non-movement of the Fulanis. Those in the South now have gotten stuck because they can't move their animal from one side to the other. In fact, their experience is that the cattle are killed, uh, their families are killed if they move them. So they stick to where they are. Those uh, even here in the Middle Belt who wants to go back to uh, places like Bauchi doing, uh, now to, uh, you know, or, uh, or, or Maiduguri or Kano, when they want to go back, they can't, the route is not there. Once you push your cattle, you are in trouble because uh, there is an army of people who can come around and kill the cattle and kill the, the owners of the cattle. That has been the experience, and which is why you see now the reduction in the number of incidences of harders, uh, this thing. And uh, I must say, some states are doing their best. I'm very much aware of Niger State. They have some recent resettlement concept where uh, the, the pastoralists are resettled and ranches are developed for them, environments, infrastructure, for making them to settle down uh, is already on. And Nigerians don't know, as if most of us have not gone to school. We had veterinary doctors all over the country from so many tribal groups. And yet we don't know, and we know, we are very conscious of some of us who are, who are finance background, we know that the, the cow itself is a huge economy. Milk is just one over 10 of uh, a cow. Everything in it, including, of course, its feces, is money. The horns, the hoofs, the bones, name it, the skin, is money. But we have just forgotten that but this thing is irrelevant because it belongs to a certain maybe class of uh, characters who brand themselves as uh, herders. And we know that we have never seen in history whereby a herder is carrying AK-47. And Nigerians will not ask themselves, how did this develop? Is it an alien culture or is it a foreign culture? How did it come? Because sometimes we need to tell, Nigerians need to tell themselves the truth. Apparently, that harder is not the only one with AK-47. I want to strongly believe that there are, more, there are millions and millions of, of, of guns in, in Nigeria. Millions. 
And many of our so-called high-profile people, they have guns in their houses. We are just limiting it to the Hadaman because he is picking the gun. Probably the time has come when he has to use a more sophisticated weapon. The only person, uh, the only thing he was known with as his weapon is just his stick. Stick too is a weapon because if you hit, if you hit hard somebody on, on him and said, he might die. But he realized that the stick cannot do anything to him. When he is faced with being killing his cattle and killing his family and so on and so forth. So, but your question is all about as to whether, why it reduced. Why it reduced because they can no longer move. From what you said, them being stuck where they are, whether it is in the south or in the middle belt, is not viable. Uh, because that is as a result of, from what you said, hostility about well, their moving all over the place. And if they are stuck in one place, and they can't move because yeah, of hostility, there will be problems. to somebody in farmland. Yes. The only problem is that their cattle get killed. They kill them and kill their cattle, period. And we are seeing it. But then, so they are... Brother, let us not, when we are discussing Nigeria, let us discuss frankly. Yeah, but the herders Otherwise, have also killed the people. the solutions to the problems will not be there. The herders have also killed people. So, uh, Your Excellency, the herders have also killed of people. Of course, uh, what do you... Now, if somebody... Uh, no, 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 no. I, I am sorry. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm of Fulani extraction, but I'm not a herder. But you okay. have to understand that, you know, the same necessity is the mother of invention. If you are, hold, if you are holding a gun and I'm holding a stick, who is, who is, who is holding the smarter weapon of destruction? Is it not the man who, you who is holding a gun? And he, if he realizes that he has to fight you, can he go and look for a gun? So these are some of the realities that we have to you know, talk to ourselves. It's not, these people are not beyond being managed because that is what God has given leaders to do, provide for security of life and property. We are not asking, we are, we are not even thinking of how did these people get these guns? How did it get, how they get them? And who is responsible for giving them the guns? We are not talking about that one. We are not talking about gun runners. So some of these things, there is a little bit more, more uh, you know, so that it can be really be understood. And it is only when it is understood that the, that the, that the solution is just going to be, to be, to be, to be, to be, uh, to be there. And you are telling me that uh, they cannot have the land. We have seen in Benue where the governor woke up in the morning and said, every fool I need uh, harder. should leave the state. And Nigerians are quiet. The National Assembly is quiet. The government is quiet. Is it not the breach of the constitution of our country that you can ask a professional group just to leave your country because you cannot provide for security of life and property? If somebody commits an, uh, commits an offense, why don't you prosecute him? Is there anybody below, above the law? So anytime there is that kind of challenge, you'll be asked to pack out and, and, uh, and go away. That is not how Nigeria can grow. I think that is not the solution. So we should sit down and think through things out of the box and see how you know, this issue of uh, you know, uh, cattle can be addressed. Because time has come to address the problem because they can no longer roam the bushes. They can, don't, don't have roots. They don't have nothing. 
And if you keep an animal where it cannot have something to eat, you can expect that it will die. Now, who is the loser? Is it not we Nigerians that uh, take this meat every day? We are the losers. Why can't we find a solution? And we have enough land, particularly here in the north. There is land, land, land everywhere. So if we wait until when, when we are 400 million, that land would have been covered. And by then, the technology of uh, you know, the animal husbandry and rearing the cattle and improving their, their stock will, uh, would have also advanced. So the more we use modern skills of uh, farming, modern skills in the animal husbandry, the better for us. And I'm assuring you, if government has intervened in animal husbandry, by today, you can talk of not less than two to three million or even four million jobs from that end. If you, have, uh, yeah, if you have everything of a cow to be sold and it can be improved to produce more milk, why importing milk in this country? Why should we be importing milk when we have millions of cattle? We refuse to improve them. One Frasian cow from Europe will give more, more than 50 to 100 liters of milk. But how about our local one? We had cases where uh, they, they have been crossed. And those that are crossed, they give at least 20 liters, 30 liters, 40 liters. But the local breed is not more than maybe 2 liters or 3 meters. And we are still looking at these people roaming the bush. We call them uh, bush people, and so on and so forth. We are not being fair to ourselves, fair to our country, and also to fair to these people because they are Nigerians. Your Excellency, it does appear as if uh, politics was also introduced into this, which obscured some of what you have been saying, uh, the economic benefits and all of that. Uh, and a lot of people blame the politicians like yourselves, the people in the political class, for introducing politics into what was a straightforward matter of geography and economics, as you have just explained. Is that fair? My brother, it is just about, uh, you know, uh, uh, refusing to do the wrong thing by the various leadership that have managed this country all these years. Because uh, if you want, if you, if you are thinking of growing, growing, growing an economy, you look at all sectors that needs improvement, that need, you need to add value. Now, let me give you an example. Heights and skin. I know in 1999, I was part of the team that went to the US to lobby for the AGOA, that is African Growth and Opportunity Act uh, bill, to enable for uh, Sub-Saharan Africa to export uh, its products to the US market, giving it, all the, it is the biggest market in the world. And blacks, uh, black consumption then uh, was in region of almost $550 billion. And if Nigeria could target that uh, and get 10% of the 550 billion market, we would have been exporting something in the region of 15 to 20 billion annually only to the African and American market. And what is that? We have footwear. Footwear is made from, uh, from, 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 from the skin, I mean, of, 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 of cows. And you have these Moroccan letters, Nigerians and their wives will go to uh, big shops in, uh, in, in high streets in Paris and, uh, and London, and be buying Gucci this, Gucci that. With what? With the skin, what they call Moroccan skin, skin, that is skinned here in Nigeria and sent to Morocco. And the whole idea of the export of footwear, we have the, we have, we have the, 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 the skin here. 
And it's a huge industry. Leather is a huge industry. We have lost it now completely. In the yesteryears, you can see the tanneries all over Kano. You can see them doing the tanning and sending this leather to Europe instead of having footwear companies here in Nigeria. So some of this, that's, that is only the skin of the cow. How about the hoof? How about uh, the, the horns? All money. Even their feces is wonderful fertilizer. Nobody is talking about it. So as if we don't like ourselves, we Nigerians, because uh, the, the, the negligence on the part of the government, you can't say you blame it to the politician. The politician, we can see politics uh, being uh, put before in Benway, where they say, okay, park and leave the state. This is the first time it's happened, happening in Nigeria. A breach of somebody's home, fundamental human rights. And our governors are keeping quiet. Our national assembly members are keeping quiet. And they are the lawmakers. I'm sorry I'm talking with a lot of emotion because I'm sad. We should, as long as we make our laws and we don't respect those laws, forget it. Why should we even care about Boko Haram or care about uh, the bandits in the bush when we too are breaking the law? I'm sorry, these are things that uh, uh, make some of us very angry because we've been in government, we've been in the private sector, and uh, we have seen things happen. And we try as much as possible to play the game by the rules. But people don't want to, people don't want to listen, people don't want to be realistic. As long as we don't do that, our country will continue going down. If many people are not respecting the law out there in the ministries and, of course, in the uh, various uh, institutions of government, you wake up and continue blaming Buhari. Yes, he's the leader. But he cannot be sitting as minister, even though, I mean, the monitoring mechanism of uh, other minister is performing or not. Uh, uh, it's a different thing altogether. Let me tell you, when I we were ministers of Obasanjo, he gives everybody his assignment in writing, which is handwriting, and he will sign, oh, oh, this is what I want you to achieve in this ministry. This is what I want you to achieve in this ministry. And he will monitor you and evaluate you. And I'm assuring you, by the time uh, Obasanjo's first term was over, 66 of us were ministers, in and out, in and out. And only three of us met the second term. Myself, I don't belong to Tarishagari. I'm sorry, one other elder from Edo, four of us. So you can see that he was monitoring and rating you, and then also uh, making sure that at least he has his own uh, percentage of pass mark. If you pass, you become. If you don't pass, you, he say, okay, sorry. So those who have been responsible or given the responsibility to close mark and rate, you know, uh, heads of agencies and ministers, I don't think they are doing their job. You have, you have launched... Um an initiative uh, most recently, uh, which you referred to at the start of the interview, uh, which uh, former Emir of uh, Kano, uh, uh, Lamido Sanusi, uh, was elected president. What is that about? Does it have to do with this uh, and, and how to advance this? What, what was that about? Tabital Pulaku International has been here for the past 20 years. It's an international NGO registered uh, by the late uh, Lamid of Adama, of blessed memory, Ali Mustafa. And uh, this international NGO or association of, uh, you know, Fulani's of uh, Fulani extraction, just like you have uh, that in the Yoruba area where Ogwe Omo Adudua, 
or you have the World Weibo Congress, is something very similar to that, where uh, people of same tribal extraction will come together, uh, look at, uh, uh, you know, where things are going wrong with their culture, including language, because the Fulfill Day is a language that is, uh, you know, uh, uh, gradually dying out. And of course, look at the education of uh, uh, the, the full, particularly the pastoralists that were concerned today have become, a, you know, a challenge, a problem to uh, not only Nigeria, but uh, many other nations. And uh, you know the Fula, uh, the Fula, that is the, the Fulani tribal extraction, you find them from Mauritania up to Ethiopia, Central Africa up to Sudan. So uh, this association has been there and they have uh, elect, been electing presidents. This is the first time Nigeria is going to, uh, Nigeria has taken over the presidency. Before then it was Cameroon. Uh, after Cameroon we had uh, Guinea. And uh, this time around we felt very strongly that uh, uh, Nigeria should have a shot. And uh, of course uh, with myself being the uh, national chapter president, of the capital Fulaku, the Emir, the, the Lamid of Adamawa is the grand patron, the world grand patron. And now Sanusi Lamid of Sanusi, the Emir of Kano, uh, is uh, the president of the entire African Fulani. And of course, some of these problems we intend to act, uh, address are the issues of banditry and then also the stigmatization of the Fulbin. The objective you have set many people will say is mm -hmm. laudable is quite laudable but there are many groups that claim to represent uh, fulani interests uh, and in some cases the fulani herders in particular for example you have makban very two good. groups you have two factions of Macban. yes uh, and sometimes what some of the spokesmen or the officials of these groups you, say can be quite inciting to host communities. Do you agree that that's fair and that that could detract from what you're saying that this international sir, NGO wants to do now? Sir, let me tell you, uh, let, you uh, let me be frank with you. You are a Nigerian, I'm a Nigerian. If you want something to be achieved in this country, you can. If you want something to fail, it can fail. Uh, from my heart of hearts, I'm telling you without fear of contradiction, some of these associations are more like paramilitary arms of uh, uh, politicians. They are paramilitary arms of politicians. They connive with politicians to further, uh, you know, uh, uh, deprive the Fulanis. There had only been connivance between the police and the, uh, and the, and the what do you call it, uh, the, uh, the, these associations, and then of course the Alkalis. A Fulani man will own about uh, one, uh, 500 heads of cattle. And all of a sudden, together with these uh, paramilitary arms or associations, they will go and uh, 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 bring a policeman, go to arrest a boy whose father owns over 500 cattle, that he is an armed robber.
from that day, the trauma of that Fulani compound starts. They will sell two tomorrow, take it to the police, take it to the, uh, to the, to the alkali. And so the process continues until the 500 cattle are gone. And you have thousands of them that had that experience. If you want them tomorrow, they can be assembled. And they will narrate their experience to you. So it is something like I said, this is the, some of them are paramilitary arms of politicians. They are being conveniently being used. And such associations we are going to identify and tell the government that these associations are not worth standing because they have been part of the problem. They will never be a solution. Because if this is a means of your livelihood, criminality is your means of livelihood, you are using that agency to make money, and many others are feeding on it, how do you expect it to, how do you expect the Fulani man to risk it? In the case ah. of our current political yes. situation, you are someone well, who has been to them. several of the political parties. Are you happy with the state of Nigeria's politics today, even as we prepare for another election? You see, once there is injustice, a whole problem is injustice. And I thought maybe the story could be different in the, in the parties. But I'm telling you, my brother, the leadership of the parties are the same. The same thing you meet in PDP is the same thing I met in AMPP, the same thing I met in, uh, in, uh, in uh, APC. There is no difference. They have the same culture of injustice, of uh, preference, of um, this is my man, you'll be there. There is no equity in what is being done and which is responsible for the movement of people from one. You can see Shekarao jumping from, from, uh, from uh, NMPP to uh, PDP, from Aliaron, from APC, and so on. It is not, you see, the system has not matured. No political philosophy. And the, the worst part of it is the injustice by the leadership of the parties. Because me as far as I'm concerned, I'm old enough now, I'm over 60. If I don't tell the truth, to any person, no matter how, how old he is. What is my use? I can die any moment. These political parties do not want to play the game by the rules. That is why you have problems, and you will continue having problems. Once you have preference of somebody over the other because of either sentiments or money, money is playing one of the biggest roles as far as politics is concerned. For now, yes, you must have money before you, but not the kind of money where you bribe people. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and and you get what you want, which means I can kill a human being and go and 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 and, uh, and, uh, and do whatever you want. That is simply lawlessness, and it is not the fault of the leadership there. It is the system that have brought us down to our knees, and the politicians are there. Not only the politicians, everybody is involved. The only establishment that I know as somebody who has worked in government that is transparent and is holding Nigeria together today is the SSS. Take away that institution, that pillar that is holding Nigeria, I'm sorry you will not have a country. The army are compromised. The police more than compromised. I have seen, uh, I have a personal experience with the police for no reason, so something that uh, is a purely commercial transaction between me and, and, some, and, and somebody, 
He went to a third level DIG and they came and uh, you know, drove my, my, my family out of the house as if I had not paid my dues to Nigeria and I deserve to be treated by the law fairly. I'm not a criminal. So if this thing can happen to me, who else? And the DIG is retired now, he's just sitting there after he has done whatever he's done to the, the, the police, destroyed the police. And there are several of them like that, I'm afraid. So this is, I, am, I, am, I feel very, very, very depressed. Like I said, me, everybody has his own experience. And like I say, I will still say it tomorrow, the SSS are the only people standing holding Nigeria. That is why you see no tribe, no religion, no where I come from. Everything is Nigeria first. So if all other segments of the society had been like that, wow. That would have been fantastic. We've had so many, uh, you know, Navy commanders. Only of recent we had commander of the Navy. May God bless him. He came out and spoke his heart. Daring all the consequences that can happen to me. He said that this is what is going on. Have you ever seen somebody like this? Has it not been happening before? And people know it. Even our journalists know it. But they have to keep quiet. Why are they keeping quiet? So he's, he's the only person that doesn't value his life. Nigerians, this is our country. And the, most, the saddest aspect of it, I have traveled so many countries in my life as minister, as governor. Even when I was MD in Nal, in Lagos, we traveled so many places. There is no country like Nigeria. Let Nigerians know. This is the only country that God has concentrated to give everything and has taken away everything that is bad that can kill human beings. No tornado, no volcano, no earthquake. Even the lifestyles are just, uh, just marginal. The desert is there encroaching us. We cannot even stop it by um, making afforestation. We are seeing the lecture drying up from 25,000 uh, uh, 25, uh, square kilometers to 5,000 square, square kilometers. We are seeing it drying. And if you see the grammar that is going on about recharging the lecture by diverting the course of River Congo, it's all grammar. The lecture commission consisting of four countries are there and they are willing to. So really, uh, like you said, uh, the politicians are the problem. But not all of us are bad. There are very few that are good. But if you say, some of us that say we want to be good, we will just be relegated. Nobody will deal with you. Because they'll say you are not a politician because you like telling the truth. You are not a politician because you cannot abuse somebody. You, cannot, you are not a politician because you will not accept. Uh, let them go and burn down somebody's house or shoot him uh, if he's a, he's a, he's a bitter, bitter enemy. But uh, I am very hopeful and very positive that uh, uh, we have the emergence of uh, a presidential candidate, even though this is not a political forum where I say I'm but I am, I am, I am speaking my heart. I have seen, I have seen, I have seen somebody who can turn around our country. Because I am also uh, one of those who have capacity to turn around an economy, either of a, a company or because I've done it in the past and also a state. And I've seen Asiwaju do it. But today somebody will tell you Muslim, Muslim. 
And what the hell about Muslim, Muslim? Did you beg God to make you a Christian? Or did you make God beg you to a Muslim? Well, what we have by prayer? And the bottom line about uh, the, the, the consensus about leadership, as far as God is concerned, is he who can guarantee justice and equity. Remove justice and equity, no leadership. And that can be found in a Christian, that can be found in a Muslim. And that is what God said we should. For a Muslim, God said, go and look for that justice and equity man. Whether it's a Christian or a Muslim. So now that we have a team, and we believe he has done it, I have seen it. I know Lagos since 1981 when I went to NYC. And what is it today? Today, Lagos are a medium-income economy. If there is any basis for you to draw comparison and say, look, between this man and this man, what have they done? Are we Nigerians so blindfolded? As some of us, you, you talk out of emotion. There is no more emotion about this. He can do it. But you can see the kind of venom, even from the Southwest people, come out to abuse him. He has done what they have not done. And at least he is, as he keeps advertising himself in Nigeria, people badmouth him. You say this today, they say this tomorrow. This is Nigeria for you. You want the worst to come. And when the worst comes to God, you start going to church and going to mosque and telling God, what is the business of God with what, what you did to yourself? When you self-destroy yourself, you are calling God. So probably God is getting tired of us, God forbid. I want to believe that the politicians uh, uh, will, will go back to the drawing board and start thinking about themselves that one day they are going to die. They are going to vegetate and die. I was a much younger person. I was uh, 50 years when I, I, I won my elections. It's God that made it possible for me. I was 42 years when I became minister. I was 35 years when I was MD. I have to thank God for Nigeria. I have to thank God for, for what he has given me to serve my people. But what of others? They are still looking for a way to steal out of the treasury at my own age. They are taking it to where? So, Your sir, Excellency, I are, think uh, Your Excellency, like rightly we, pointing out the problems are with the politicians. Um, Your Excellency, we have completely run out of uh, time. Allow me to uh, thank hello. you, Alhaji Issa Yuguda, for your time on the program today. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, my brother. That's our program today. We would, of course, like to hear from you on the conversation. Our social media handles are right there on your screen. You can also listen to this and previous episodes of the program via our podcast. Please visit our website, channelstv.com forward slash podcast to get started. I am Ladi Akiri Duluali. Goodbye. <music>